0: Hey, hey, welcome to a brand new episode of Trader Show Podcast. I am your host, Calvin. I'm riding solo today. Uh, This is a brand new season, so I'm already by myself already. You know, that's crazy already. Uh, But today's episode, uh, I hope everybody's doing great. Mm -hmm. Everybody's taking care of themselves. This is a new year, somewhat of a new year. We're kind of fast forwarded, but I hope everybody's doing great. So if you are a listener of our show, you know, we kind of we come from all different backgrounds we have uh ladies, part of the lgbt community uh we have a former veteran on our show uh so you know the host of straight up we're all of different communities and if you listen to our show uh that uh i am very i grew up in a church and my unique circumstances were different and so this episode is a little personal so i'm giving you warning right now if you don't like to talk about religion Uh, You might want to turn off right now, but if you want to learn and kind of get uh, understanding where people come from, this is an episode for you. So I'm giving you that warning right now. I know that you can't talk about religious and taxes, but hey, I talked about taxes uh, the previous season. So here we are again, pushing the button here straight up and we're going to have a great show today because today uh, we have an author teacher on the powerful principle of love and how it can play into religion. So uh kind of giving you a a, a, a synopsis of our guest today uh he has studied and organized religion to find the elements to unite that unite humanity and share the message with those who need it so if you were interested in this, stay tuned because we have a great guest so today help me welcome mr Juan lee one thank you so much for joining us today
1: Hello, I'm very happy for being here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, sir. And like I said, I know being one and ducking and dodging each other, but we we finally came today and we we're finally here. So thank you so much for joining us today. and Being understanding too. I appreciate
1: you being here. Let me let me enjoy this opportunity with you and your community.
0: Yes, sir. And before we get started, Juan, just tell us about you, where you come from and what do you do? Just kind of tell us who you are. What else do you want to tell us?
1: Well, I'm currently a founder and uh, uh, executive director of a nonprofit called Clear Journey. Um, We uh, educate teens and young adults on the practical applications of love using financial literacy and attitudes for success. Uh, I'm also a, a, a transformational speaker. I'm a thought leader in the powerful principle of love. And I'm an author, as you said, of the book called Love Made Simple, The Guide to Inner Peace, Contentment, and Success. It's a, a little about my story as it relates to how I came to write the book. Was uh, My journey was when I graduated from high school, I was lost. I had no hope. I basically felt like I, was not, and I wasn't going to survive. Um, what I happened was I had an undiagnosed learning disability that um did not get diagnosed until i was 37 years old yeah uh and so it's 37 years old um but in that process learned the value of what's necessary in life to succeed and understanding that each and every one of us has a uniqueness and once we understand that uniqueness we plug it into a system and that system allows us to be fulfilled.
0: Wow, yeah. I definitely can relate to that because I'm pretty sure I have a learning disability too. and I, It just has not been diagnosed, but hey, it got me through college. So here I am today. So I can't complain. Uh, I know I put my professors through some struggles, but hey, they were accepting. So I'm so glad once again that uh, you were here and you said it's all about love and that's kind of how I am. And kind of give you a backstory on um, me, one and, and you, this is all organic, guys. Me and one have not pre recorded anything, this is all organic. So, one uh, on our show, I talk about uh my journey with religion all the time, how I grew up in a church, and like you said, uh, it's something to hold on to. And religion was my, my avenue from out the hood because I mean, I grew up in a deep, deep part of the hood, and we went to the church, and the church really saved our life, they helped us. You know, with education, help us with clothes and stuff. So, with that being said, I'm forever grateful for that. And when it came to my religion, it kind of gave me hope that things would get better and stuff like that. And you know, there are there are thousands of different religions out there, and I think that, uh, in my opinion, I might get some flags. for this. It doesn't matter uh, which you study, you know, because we, we all talk about one creator, and uh, and the moral is just to be a good person, you know, and. To break it down a little bit more, I grew up in mostly a Black community, uh, but we went to a majority white church. Uh, and, you know, at the time growing up, I didn't notice anything different. I just felt the love of them and the community and growing up. So I didn't think, I didn't look at race and stuff like that. Um, but kind of just going to deep dive into the subject today. Um, but things changed. And I say about, you know, 2008, with that presidential administration, uh, historic, uh, uh, historic uh, presidential race. You know, we had our first African American uh, president or person of color uh, president. And with that being said, it was historic for the nation, uh, for the world, actually. But uh, it, it started to see a rift in the congregation I was at. Uh, so much so that. Some, People were attacking my family uh for supporting him. And these are people that I grew up with. Remember, I was going to church from the day I was born until, you know, two thousand eight, I think, or that's my, 2012, sorry, it was my last time going faithfully. And it just started to rift and it almost felt like uh, like you grew up with your dad and then when you turn eighteen he tells you you were adopted. You know, and it just it, it, it scared me. And so that was just a rift that I started to see in the church that it made me question a lot of things and stuff like that. And then fast forward to the, uh, the administration after uh, uh, our other president, uh, that kind of set of fuel. <laughs> uh, and you start to see more hate and more uh, things like that and more cover ups and seeing people that you grew up with that were people of the word of God. Uh, and they were doing the complete opposite uh so just kind of tell me how do you feel about uh that situation that I had to go with, and how can you apply that uh today and and how how does that kind of reflect on religion as it is today?
1: Well, I think you 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 are you hit on the real core as to why I did what I did and wrote the book that I wrote called Love Made Simple. You really hit it because of the confusion and the,
2: um, basically it was, the church has a
1: place, it has a role. And what it does is that it's in and of itself, you have to understand that, Religion is a business. Okay. Religion is a business. And what I attempted to do in writing my book, Love Made Simple, was I separated the business from God.
2: Separated. Because when you begin to associate God with religion, See, it's people that occupy and reside in religion.
1: But God is love. And when you begin to try to put them together, they don't seem to act synonymously with one another. And your experience has proved that. Is that how was it something that I had thought of that was going to be loving and kind? be so hateful and deceptive in the way in which they have presented themselves to me and see that's the crust of what I my my journey has been all about that it's not
2: about church it's about love
1: it's about the ability to apply and act in compliance with what we identify with as God. And what happens is we don't get that because we don't know how to actualize that action. And what happens in many of our lives is we allow circumstances to dictate to us what it is that we want religion to be. And you made some good examples when you said they, they did what they were to boot. Think about it. It's a, non-profit organization that's charged to do service they do that but the part that they have a challenging part of they challenge challenging for them is when it comes to implementing the acts of love apart from what it appears or what they want to present it's the work um it's it's very difficult to to understand that we see God as church and they're not the same and that's where we that's where the confusion lies so what we're in right now, what we've been in
2: is people demonstrating who they are that's just it, and they're using the covering. And which making it very confusing. They're
1: using the covering of the church to to justify it.
0: Now, do you think, with that being said, and um, and people are doing that because it, it is a business. It's it's, uh, and I see how you you're putting it as a business uh, aspect. Oh, that was one of my next questions. But you know, because it is a business, this business is major. You know, you've seen uh, places like, you know, uh, Joel Osteen, for instance, uh, when it came to do service, there was no service to be done, you know, they kind of shed away. And so, uh, with, and I'm not trying to call, this is not for every church or every religion that's done this. And some people have spoke out against this. So, uh, kudos to those who speak about these subject matters in the community about, uh, when it comes to, they understand that black lives matter and stuff like that. Uh, When it's such a mega business and people hold on to this, like with their life, you know, and when things like this happen in my experience, how can people actually rebound and trust that everything they've been taught is real?
1: Well, see, this is the point. You've got to separate the the institution from the message, okay? Okay. And what, where the confusion is, is that the message and the institution are one and the, they, they've meshed them together. You don't need the institution to accept the message, okay? When the message, the problem is, is when the message dictates to you that you have to have the institution, excuse me, to be able to realize the message. See, that's, that's the part that begins to be deceptive. You don't need the institution to, to be able to, re- to actualize the message. That's the part that you've got to understand. So, where do you go? How do you get past it? Separate the two. Separate the two. You can't allow someone's negativity or negative situation or behavior dictate your personal understanding as to what the message is all about. And that's why I focus on love. See, love eliminates me and you. It's Here's the thing. What we have in common is what we want to agree on. And what I use to agree on is humanity. When we can say what we have in common is what I need to love. Is what I need to be loving, okay, instead of allowing someone else to dictate what it is and how I should demonstrate that uh, that ability to love. First of all, we got to realize that love is something that we give and not something that we get. we We give it, but we can only give it if we have it. And when we don't astir- we don't investigate or invest enough in ourselves to build up what it is that we have to offer. Because remember, you're unique, I'm unique, we're an original. And love tells us how to develop that originality so that we can give it with no expectations. That's the part that we have to realize that when the institution begins to not develop that in us, it allows us to feel beholding to the institution. Instead of originate finding that originality in us and developing it in us, so that we can be able to find that 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 peace that we're all looking for. It's it's not in the institution. It's in us, our ability to build it up in ourselves. So then, no one can take that from us, based on their circumstances or situation. They can't take them from take it from us.
2: No. <clears throat> And
0: the situation right now, it's um, it, it's hard for me. And I get what you're saying, but like, I love everybody that comes to me. No matter if you're black, white, uh, Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter, you know. And and the teaching does tell us uh, to love everybody, you know. Um, for some, not saying that I that hate any of those people. That because th- this is a a a wide uh, spectrum. Because me, because you know, we we grew up in the church, and so when stuff like and even before the politics got in, or I guess my understanding of the politics in religion, because uh, there are people overseas that they they have wars over religion, and you know, here in America, we fight about race. You know, so it, it, it's, I talked to one of our friends overseas and said, so that's kind of crazy that America fights about skin color and we fight about religion. And, and now you kind of have the two together in this area uh, because the, the, the church really, like like somebody like myself, like it's all I got left. I don't have money to my name. I don't have, you know, and so it's an institution. So trying to recover from just saying that, Hey, it's to separate those two. It is the hardest thing ever. It really is.
1: I, I can, I understand because the, ro- the role of the church, especially in America, mm. especially in the black America, let's be, let's keep it real. Mm. Um, it has been a vital to our progression in our, in this society. Mm. It's been, it's been at the forefront for social justice. It's been at the forefront of being able to sustain our communities. It's been at the forefront of giving us our identity as a people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's also been something that has been used to hold us in this same community. Here's the point,
2: especially as being black people, our identity has been grouped to this organization.
1: And that's not necessarily ideal for any person to be so identifiable to an organization when you know it's an organization. An organization which is predicated on a bottom line. And it's difficult to understand that because the message, it doesn't denote that. But in actuality, the only way that you can have such an organization is that you gotta have some type of revenue stream. You've gotta have a way of being able to sustain it. And we've got to understand that where we were and where we are is not the same place. And where we desire to be, we can't begin, we can't continue to hold on to the way things work. We've got to evolve just as anybody else has to evolve. We don't see that collectively, nor do we recognize it as an individual, that we've got to find a way to find our uniqueness, our originality. That's what the church should have been doing, is fostering that type of originality and uniqueness, whereas is that we knew we needed each other to survive. Now, when do we begin to be our own original person, our uniqueness? When we can say that for you and for me, we have something of value as an individual. And it's nothing wrong with being a part of an organization as long as you know that that organization is, you're a part of it and it's not you. Okay. That's where our churches have left a lot of us is to feeling that we are, we have nothing apart from that. That's not the role, the role it's just like going to school. You should look at going to church as going to school. You go to school to learn something, to improve yourself, not to just to say, I went to that school. We need to understand that that's the role of the church. Not only is it to be able to be there in time of need, but in developing us to be able to find our uniqueness, our originality so that we can have something to offer and feel that peace and joy that's on the inside based on knowing that we're confident in who we are as that uniqueness that was created, that you're that only one person.
0: Wow, man, uh, man, Juan, dropping some gems today, man. I really appreciate this. We're, go- we're gonna have more with Juan Lee on the other side of the break. Make sure you stay tuned The Straight Up Soul Podcast. Stay tuned.
1: Here at Straight Up, we know that all lives matter, but historical events have shown that there is an inverse power dynamic between the races in our country. To highlight this, we present our Black Lives Matter merchandise. Because let's be real, some of you don't seem to understand that this isn't the organization, but a message that message end inequality towards minorities in america and just in case that's too complicated for you in english we have the phrase translated into 10 different languages visit straightupshowpodcast.com for this and all our other merch that's s t r the number 8 showpodcast.com shirts as low as 19.99
0: All right, welcome back to the Australia Show Podcast. I am joined today uh with Mr. One Lee, uh Clear Journey uh organization, nonprofit organization, uh author, uh he teacher. He's been all about love. Uh so thank you so much uh for joining us today, sir. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Yes, sir. Uh and so uh we've been deep diving to and find trying to clarify, clarify about uh Separating religion from love, and kind of just loving everybody, and finding your own uniqueness. Somebody always told me that uh, the Bible it means basic instructions before leaving Earth, uh, and that message has to have come across all kinds of religion. And part of the religion, I think, is is that whether you're you're, you're Islam or you're you're a Christian or you're a Methodist, it's all about love, in, in my opinion, and. Uh, we touched on my personal, uh, I guess, beef with church. And I think that <clears throat> me, as I told Juan, I said, man, you know, I'm a thick person, so I have to have thick skin. Uh, and that's not digging myself, but it's like, you know, that's part of life. You have to have uh, thick skin sometimes, but some people are not as strong and not as able to have that thick skin uh, to deal with situations. In case in point one, Uh, You know, I know several people, and I'm not trying to get my personal business out there, but several people I know and love, uh, they've had the same kind of situation uh, about the church, uh, I guess, turning their backs on them when they most needed it. And it has clearly changed their whole life. And the love that they were seeking uh, in that organization, as you were saying, uh, it was gone. And so, and of course people love them, but like you said, we put the church on the pedestal to the point to where they were seeking that love and not having that love, it's impacted their whole entire life. And it's it's scary to see that uh, uh, an organization can have that much power over a person. And, and it's, and, and me, the more that I, I hear about what because so much happened before I was born, you know, and and so to see how it it what was the root of their problems, be this organization that so many people globally put their trust in and how can they learn to be uh, not loved again, but feel loved, uh, even though there, there are so many people that damage them, I guess, in a way.
1: Well, there, there is no there is no secret um, to to doing this. And it's, it's really hard. But the, the biggest thing that we have to realize is that especially when it comes to the church is that you got to forgive them. You've got to forgive them. And, it's, and, and I say especially to the, with the church is because you've given the church
2: this tremendous power
1: and influence over your life based on whatever the the circumstances were. I mean, you grew up in it. That's the way you learned. That's how you understood. And they've they've gained this power. And I don't want to say it negatively, but influence. I'm going to say influence over you. And then to be disappointed and to be let down by someone that you have allowed to have that type of influence over you. It's going to hurt, it's going to be harmful. And what I'm suggesting is to for yourself, forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for yourself. It's to allow you to let go. You forgive them, but it's for you so that you can move on. You can can continue. You can move on past what the hurt was. And see, what happens is, is sometimes is that we want them to feel the pain that we feel. That's that's not going to happen, okay? The thing is, is that we want to move past it. And that's what the forgiveness is all about. Why they did what they did, there's a multitude of reasons why they could have done what they did. What I would like to suggest and and give people the... The idea is that we've got to take more control over what it is we are allowing to influence us. And that's why I really, I separated, I took church from God. I moved church from God so that I would be able, so we would be able to see the real value of love versus business. Okay. The message of love and business. OK, not to say anything's wrong with business, but when it comes down to where I'm going to gather my understanding, if I have a conflict with the message and the business and the message is abstract, it's not as concrete as this congregation and that experience, because, see, the message can't hurt me. The congregation can And when you're able to understand that the value is in the message, and not the congregation. Now, in the in the sense of what I'm talking about, there's a whole big group of how this comes back together because the congregation has a role, but not at the expense of the message. Okay, not at the expense of the message. And what we've done is allowed the congregation to influence and almost override the message to the point where it devastates us and we can't recover. So the answer is, is to be able to forgive is the ability to be able to move on, to be able to continue, to be able to connect back to the message and begin to move forward.
0: And I, I like what you said about the forgiveness part. And that's basically to my next question about, you know, we touched on it uh on the last break. Uh right now, our country, uh, we've seen uh I, I'm a little younger than you. Uh, but we're seeing uh, what i learned about, uh, we're seeing more of a a, civil rights, Jim Crow era of hate from what I understand. I haven't experienced it, but what I'm experiencing now in this country right now is just so much hate, you know, and whether it be like a 9-11 attack, that shouldn't be the fact that we come together Uh, But, you know, what's it going to take for our country to like, is this more of exposing more hate or do you think that our country will eventually learn to love each other again? Because it's whether you turn on TV, whether you look on whatever, it's just it's just so much hate and there's so much influence uh, to hate. Uh, What are your ideas of us trying to learn each other? as a country, because I feel like that America is the representation of the world. And so what, how we act, the rest of the world kind of mimics and wants to be like that. So at this point in time, with things going on, this hate is just over us, right? Like a storm cloud, like how can we learn to love again?
1: Okay, I'm gonna start by the last word that you said, and that was again, okay? It's not again. Okay. We are who we are. Okay. We are who we are. And, and, and to think that we were something other than who we are before it's a wrong, I think that's a bad assessment to start from because where we started, and that's the big part that we are struggling with is that because see, it was that statement, you know, let's make America great again. Right. Right. See, it was that kind of a statement that implied that there was some greatness there. Now, not to take away the fact that we're still the greatest country in the world. There's, we're still the greatest country in the world. Right. But internally, when we talk about the the division that we're experiencing right now, it's always been here. It's always been here. It's been undercover. It's been deceptively covered over. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's always been here and we've got to recognize that it's always been here. This is not anything new, it's just putting or taking on a different form right. and a form that is very uh, uh, easy to recognize because of this country, because of the experience and, the, and our past experiences in this country. But the fact of the matter is is that we've got to associate or understand that capitalism is what this democracy is made by or this, this 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 democracy is founded on and those things are not basically something that we all realize that are now involved in this 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 country okay we were certain of us came here for
2: liberty where equality was not an issue. Some of us are here looking for equality, not even
1: understanding what liberty even means. And so until we understand that there are different perspectives as to how we view what we're divided about, we're never gonna be able to come into unity to understand that everybody has value. See, everybody has value. Even if we get this thing back to the beginning of the, the conception of this country, we're only 250 years old. The fact of the matter is if we go back and and, 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 and learn that everybody has value, doesn't mean that everybody has to be necessarily equal, but everybody has value but you have to appreciate their value and because of the appreciation, understanding that we all have something in this thing together, but we've got people that don't, that devalue others. We got people that can't see each other's value. And if you can't see each other's value, you can't communicate with them. You're not going to be able to relate to them. You're not going to be able to try to resolve anything because you can't appreciate them. And that's the struggle that we're running into right now in this country is that until I can see that you have value and tolerate, here's the point, here's the kicker, you have to be able to understand that just because someone has a different perspective than you do, doesn't mean that it's wrong. And that's the point where we gotta accept that perspective and then say, okay, from that acceptance, let's have a conversation. We're not. We're not. We're not even able to get to the conversation because we don't even accept the person's perspective.
0: Why do you think uh, people shy away from those those questions or uh, those conversations?
1: There's a couple of different reasons. Um, one of them is economical. You know, because this system thrives on confusion. It it thrives on division. That's what it wants. It wants us to be divided because it can control you when you're divided. If you were to come together, you would be able to 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 influence the the, the leadership or this country in a way that would never has never been done before. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can't tolerate each other and, the, and they thrive, they thrive to keep us divided. They win elections based on 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 groups. They will. They will appeal to certain groups that has more uh, willingness to participate in the process than others. And so, for that reason, we're not willing. We're not willing to engage everybody, and everybody's not even willing to be engaged.
0: Yeah, and then to tie that all in with hope and not having that hope, and you know, it, it's definitely. Uh, I can see how it is, and. Uh, people call me, you know, crazy for saying this, but I really think before my life is over, I think that we will find that unity. Uh, that's, that's my that's my hope in life. Well, is that- I'm with you.
1: I'm with you, but I'm just saying we've got to we've got to put it together. We've got to be able to recognize what's preventing it before we can actualize it.
0: And, and that goes back to me, like you know, back to the religion part of it. A lot of people uh got mad at me because, you know, uh there was uh you know, I'll tell you this joke, not not a joke, but uh I used to go to this summer camp and uh and me growing up in a black community, I never had to experience racism, you know. So a lot of stuff I, I that I went through I didn't know, I didn't recognize until I was a young and a a young age. And so uh there was this joke, well we had a uh, statue gnome uh, and it was a, a, a of a raccoon. And and so we put it in our, our cabin and, you know, when I would walk in the room, this elderly uh, white gentleman, who was our counselor at the time, uh, would say, get that coon out of here. And me not, not have never heard that racial epithet. I'd never heard of that. And just to say, and I'm sitting here laughing, like, (laughs) yeah, get that statue out of here. And then it didn't take to maybe 21, 20, that I knew what they were saying. And I was laughing with them. And it's just like, you know, stuff like that, that hate, you know, and to to joke about it. And, you know, I, I got in trouble because I wanted to speak out against situations like that being someone who was African-American around more Caucasian-Americans, I didn't want anybody else to experience that. A a, a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old, you know, who was going to those places and say, hey, you know, this happened to me. Like any kind of abuse victim, you know, like you want to talk out and speak out about it so you can protect other people. Was I wrong for wanting to do that? Because I got a lot of hate for wanting to do that.
1: No, I mean context is everything. Context is everything.
0: Um
1: see, this is this is where things really begin to get um difficult because context is is everything. Perspective is everything. Is there a thing that's a coon? Yeah there's a thing that's a coon. There's the animal that's a coon. Um the thing that I talk about in this reimagining love and love made simple is that we have to understand
2: that when we are,
1: everybody has a perspective on a situation. And when you don't, when you assume that the worst in a person, It really doesn't facilitate, it doesn't foster love when you facilitate the worst. Now, what love does is that it demonstrates your motivation. Your actions will demonstrate your motivation. Because see, you can love to do hate. You can
2: love to hate. You can love to hate.
1: But it's a choice of your will to do it. So in and of itself, a vacuum, when you look at that situation, the issue is, did did you feel like you were being disrespected at the time it happened? No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And see, that's a key element in in being able to understand that. Now, from somebody else's perspective, if they had seen that and they were there with you, they would have said, oh, yeah, he was being disrespected. But we've got to own our own perspective and not allow other people to dictate our perspectives for us. Okay? Yes, there's racism around. Does that mean that I have to be exposed to it, that I have to deal with it? But does that also mean that I can't acknowledge that it exists? Absolutely, you can acknowledge that it exists. But that doesn't mean that you have to actually have been engaged in it and it has to been um, demonstrated to you. Now, if you have gone back and said, okay, in light of
2: what I have learned, yeah, that
1: probably was an inappropriate statement. But the fact of the matter is don't let somebody else dictate your peace because ultimately what we're after is a peace and harmony and unity and the fact of the matter is if we allow somebody else to dictate our perspective, it then influences influences the way now we begin to look at other people because of somebody else's perspective. I think I
2: was
0: just looking at it as a organization as a whole. You know.
1: And see, and see, again, we talking about as black people?
0: Uh no, 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 no. Like the, the religion part of it, yeah. But yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying, though, and, it, and that makes much more sense uh, to me. Yeah, but and and I think that just my my people say that uh, what is the characteristic of a African American, and it's like we're looking for identity, you know, and it's just like we're going through a huge identity crisis, and and I and I see how we give more things to power to people and stuff like that and it's not just our community either but it's just like you know we're here in a place that uh i think that sometimes our laws are hypocritical you know because we're in a land of free you know we're not really free free uh because there's no sort of equality uh it, it's it's my thing is is that you know my experiences and other people's experience it won't be the same you know and but I, I'm on a mission to say that you know what I, I to me I'm at the gray area of forgiveness and love you know and it's like you know I can forgive you but it's like I still love you but it's like I I still have to be careful you know what
1: I mean? Oh, it's it's, it's all added. It just says you know trust but verify.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I mean, and that's that's just that's just basic you know concept of understanding that hey you know, you bite me once, it's your fault, you bite me twice, that's my fault, okay? So the point I'm saying is, is that mm-hmm. you've gotta realize that everybody doesn't necessarily have your best interest in mind, but at the same time, you don't take the ability for them to have your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. You don't take it away from them. Because see, that's when things begin to eliminate our ability to come together and to be unit, to, to, to unify ourselves, because they have value even though they might, they might not be showing it towards me, the fact of the matter is they do have value. And just as you have value, even though they might not be willing to accept it from you, doesn't thank the fact that you do have value. Okay, so I can't allow either way for someone else to dictate how I perceive them or myself.
2: Wow. Um...
0: This has been heavy today and I'm just thinking about uh, so much in the past and so much of the love. Uh, we're gonna have a little bit more with Juan Lee on the other side of the break. Make sure you stay tuned to the Australia show podcast. The videos and images displayed all across the world cannot fully express what the people of Ukraine are going through. This senseless act of terrorism has cost many of their lives and forced millions of Ukrainians out of their homes. Yet it's the Ukrainians' pride and resiliency that has inspired the entire world. So we here at Straight Up ask you to stand for freedom, stand for human rights, but most importantly, join us as we stand with Ukraine. Two years that Straight Up has been a podcast, we've gone to where most podcasts have never gone before. From multiple celebrity guests to groundbreaking episodes, Straight Up is changing the podcast game. And now that Season 6 is finally here, we plan to continue leveling up with our exclusive Season 6 merchandise. That's right, grab your 80s retro inspired merch today. Just visit our website at StraightUpShowPodcast.com. That's S-T-R-8-UPSHOWPodcast.com. number eight up Shirts as low as nineteen I'm Sutan Salahuddin from Southside 62 out right now. Make sure you tune in to the Straight Up Show Podcast because that's where it's happening. You dig? All right, welcome back to the Straight Up Show podcast. I'm your host, Calvin. We're joined today by Wan Lee, author, teacher uh, of a great, great series about love and humanity. Uh, So he's been giving some gems. We talk about different communities, different avenues, stuff like that. Um, So just kind of just in, in retrospect, in your words, what is love?
1: Love is the ability to act on behalf of another. It's it's the ability to protect and preserve humanity for the next generation. It's our ability to invest into this current dispensation our gifts and our talents and our uniquenesses into humanity in a way that will carry on into the future for the next generation. But it's actually the simple thing. It's the ability to act on behalf of another. It's a system that facilitates our existence to continue.
0: Um we thought we touched about the black community uh and architecture, you know, you and I uh, are of the black community and without I'm probably a lot of heat for this, but I really think that we don't have identity, and that's probably our biggest issue. Do you think that that's a, a issue that where we can't? I'm not saying all, but some of us in the community can't love ourselves as black people.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, let's let's be real, okay? We've been we've been as a people, we've been climbing uphill, our entire existence, climbing uphill. OK, some of us has gotten to the top of the hill. Many of us are struggling still to get to the top of the hill. And when I say the top of the hill, I'm just talking about what you're saying, that, that identity, that individuality, that, that uniqueness that, that's within us. See, everybody doesn't have to have the same point of that hill. But that hill is that place where I identify with who I am, that confidence in who I am. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna compare myself to someone else, but I'm all in for who I am. It's what I say in my book. I say, the guide to inner peace contentment and success. And that success is basically talking about having all of our needs met. And so when we get to that point where we can be content with what we have to offer and what it is that we've developed in ourselves, that's what we're after. That's that place of peace, joy, happiness, fulfillment. Is that ability to understand that I have, I have that clarity in who I am and what I have to offer. And because of that, I know it's valuable. I know that it's valuable because I'm an original. I'm unique. We are in this place and we have been physically having to climb above and beyond and against the odds but the fact of the matter is is that there is hope and that's what I'm saying we've got to gather this from love and understanding that there is a system that we need to hug in to plug into that will give us our identity and it will allow us to understand that we can be successful that we we do have something to offer and we are Uh, important and sufficient. What we have is sufficient in this time.
0: I like what you, one thing I learned about you today that uh, I think I'm going to probably stick with the most is that uh, you give love. You don't expect to get it. And I've never heard it like that before. Uh, Because that makes sense. Like it it is, that's something I struggle with right now is that I'm all about giving love, but I, I hurt myself because I always look for it. You know, and uh that's and hard. No expectations. Here's the point. Mm-hmm. That's the part of before
1: you can give it that you really understand who you are. You've developed yourself. You understand that what it is that you give, it's an abundance. It's it's freely given. It's that desire to understand that you're willing to be a sacrifice, that you're willing to be humble, to you're willing to care for someone else, you're willing to be courageous. For someone else, you're willing to be responsible for what it is that you possess, that you have accountability over, and that you have that you're disciplined to know that no one else needs to force you to do these things, and that here's the point, and then that you won't give up, that you're tenacious in what it is that you're after, and because it defines who you are, it's very easy to give that which you have. That is it's innately who you are. That's what love gives you. It gives you that ability to have that identity to understand that what you have is 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 priceless and that you can give it without any expectation because no one else has what it is you have to give.
0: Right. Whew, man, y'all, y'all see why I had one on the show today? <laughs> just just coming with it. Um, you mentioned uh your book. Love Made Simple, a guide to inner peace, contentment and success.
2: Why should people read this book?
1: It gives us a guide. It gives us that ability to be successful and understand what it looks like at every stage in your life, as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult, and even as a senior. And it allows us to understand that we're connected together. We need each other. And when we understand that we have value that we can offer to any generation, to any group, we're collectively, we're here together, we're humans. We have to understand that we're here for a reason. And it's just not to pass through, it's to invest. It's to invest in this
2: thing called humanity.
0: This is always the, the the trick question. Do you? No, we talk about we touched on this already, but do you have hope in humanity?
1: Oh, absolutely! Because guess what? You and I are part of humanity, and with and it only takes one to demonstrate it in humanity. And if we get two, we've doubled. We get three to demonstrate it, and we can begin to let that bonfire let it burn. See, it, all it takes is one of us and two of us, a cadre, just a few of us, mm. to begin to say that it's that it, you're more important than me as an individual. Collectively, we can do more together than apart.
0: And it's kind of t- touching on your nonprofit too, right?
1: Yeah. The nonprofit is about helping the next generation, the teenagers and young adults, give them a clear vision, clear journey, a vision of the future that they can navigate using practical practical applications of love that gives them the the motivation to be able to make the right sound decisions that they can reach their goals, their potential, their dreams.
0: What age group are you starting with? Uh, 17 and
1: up. 17 and up?
0: Okay.
1: 16, 17. Because basically these are the ones that are going to be going out into the world. And that's when world the, the life begins to start
0: battle with you yeah oh trust me that's kind of where it started for me i had life hit me like a bag of bricks at 17 and it's good to have stuff like that because in uh one i guess in our show our freaking west dr Martin thompson uh she always talks about the she's a psychiatrist and she talks about you know depression and stuff like that and just say you know what i don't feel loved all the time but she was like wait, wait a minute just make sure you put at the end of that I don't feel loved right now, you know? And I'm glad that there are people out there like you and your nonprofit organization to to take these teens in to really show them love because, uh, man, at that age when I was just being bad and wowing out, like, that's all I wanted, you know? And I always look at, like, you know, I wasn't being a bad person or stuff like that. It was just me in search of somebody to love me. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, so that that really hit home, you know, that you're doing Clear Journey and uh, things like that. That really makes me feel great that there are people like, so that say that gives me hope uh, in humanity, uh, people like you who are doing things like this. Uh, with that being said, before we go, can you tell people how they can reach you on social media, how they can find you, uh, uh, buy your book online and things like that? Hey,
1: I first of all, I want to thank you for having me. I appreciate this opportunity to share with the audience. Um, I, you can reach me at my website. It's, uh, I'm on all of the social media platforms, Facebook at one, author, um, Instagram at one, author. I'm also at, um, uh, Twitter at, uh, love made simple at Twitter. Um, Instagram, um, go to my Instagram. I have a freebie there, uh, that your audience can look into as far as about the guide to, to living a better life. Um, it's a freebie. Um, just go in and click it and just learn about three A's that prevent us from living a successful life. Um, and, um, also, Clear Journey. Go check us out on Clear Journey. Uh, clearjourney.org is the website. Um, you can reach out me and send me an email there, clearjourney2020 at gmail.com, or you can reach me at, in, at uh, info at Um uh, Again, you can get the book on my website, um, the ebook, or you can get the Amazon Go. I got a link on Amazon that you can pick up the book, um, the hard copy at uh, Amazon. But it's a quick read. It's a, a book that's really intended to give you a different perspective on love. I mean, one of the issues that we've been talking about here and as it relates to around religion, there is no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's the ability to be able to love humanity and invest into humanity. Um, and so you can reach me in any of those. Feel free to give me, uh, send me an email, talk to me. Um, I'm open. I'm here to to help to share.
0: Yeah, and and I, I want to definitely extend this invitation for you to come back on our show in the near future to talk about more of this because I feel like I have a lot of more questions uh, to ask you, and I think that you know our audience will definitely benefit uh, from this.
1: I'm open. You just reach out. I'm here.
0: And we have we're gonna have one's ticker uh, his information on the ticker below if you see it right now if you're watching it uh, and if you're listening to it we'll have it on the description page of this episode. Uh, I think that I really learned a lot from you today one because it, it really just painted perspective about things that I've personally been going through. And then, like I said, if you or if you stuck listening to this show, uh you learn my my personal life, you know, we're not scared to talk to have these conversations. I think that a lot of people who are listening and a lot of people in the world need to have these uh conversations because I really believe in my life that I will see a time that we get past this current issue we're having right now. Uh, to where, just you know, we're we're hating on masks now, and you know, it, we hate because of who wears the mask or who gets vaccinated or who's red, or who's blue, and I think that you know, it, 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 until we learn to ignore all that and really realize we're all one accord, and that we all can be like it's it so simple you know you put your leg your pants on one leg at a time like everybody else and uh this they would say hey it doesn't matter what kind of car you drive once you're in walmart you're a shopper just like everybody else so it's just you know i don't think that you know any of the stuff matters because we're all on one journey uh which is to be together and be alive and while we're here on this earth learn to love each other i really think that's what it is like learn to love each other right Juan?
1: that
0: that's it that's it It's uh, the
1: practical application of love is to basically love one
0: another, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and so we're going to have, that's the end of our show. One Lee, thank you so much uh, for coming on our show, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Look forward to being on it again yes sir alright so with that being said that's the end of our show make sure you go to our website at www.straightupshowpodcast.com that's www.straightupshow S-T-R number 8 U-P podcast show dot com also go to our Patreon page if you want to support us we have four different tiers 3, 5, 10, 20 to where you can support our podcast get things you get certain perks uh, with this as well uh, this is a brand new season we're going to do things bigger and better As you can see today, we've had the amazing Juan Lee come by, give us information. If you have any questions for him, reach out to him. It's going to be nice to talk to you, give you some guidelines about love and humanity. Until then, there's only one rule to our show. You got to be straight up.